Hey, it's episode 214, and today I wanted to chat with you about constipation and bloating, something I know sadly a lot about. If you have questions about today's content, you can head on over to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and ask me. You can catch up on previous podcast episodes and notes from today's show by going to ketodietpodcast.com. Now, this is a two-part episode. First, I want to share the strategies for getting over constipation and bloat on keto, and then I'm sharing an audio interview that I did with Allie Miller, the author of the Anxiety Diet Cookbook on Gut Issues on keto. So it's kind of like a full circle, full meal deal kind of thing. Okay, let's do this thing. Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel and you're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've put together a free 21 page guide on achieving weight loss on your keto diet if nothing is working. Grab your free guide at ketoforwomen.com to get the steps you need to overcome the hurdles standing in your way. Thanks so much for listening and let's get started with the show. First off, when it comes to bloating and constipation, we need to understand what's normal because I feel like a lot of people don't actually know what's normal when it comes to their digestive system. And it's probably pretty important that you know that. So a lot of people find that they um, poo less frequently when they are eating much less food, especially when it comes to keto. And that is totally fine. That's to be expected. If you go from a standard American diet of eating every hour, that was definitely me, you're going to poo more. And if you eat less and the volume of food is way lower, well, then of course you're not going to poo as much. And yeah, I'm going to be saying poo a lot. I could say bowel movement, but like, I'm no doctor. <laughs> I'm not yet anyway, maybe one day. Um, and bowel movement, I don't know. It's just so, I mean, we're best friends. I'm going to say poo. So what's normal? The stools are going to be smaller on keto. They're going to be lower in volume. Um, my bowel movements definitely went to less frequently when I started going keto. Um, then it started getting uncomfortable as it always does. Like I've always had such a hard time with my digestive system. That's like the one thing that's taking me the longest to heal. It's just like I go in and out of constipation and normalcy all the time. So it's just like a really good indicator to me that perhaps I have more stress that I need to deal with. It's usually stress related, but what's not normal is that you're sitting on the toilet and you're like trying to push it out and it's like not working. Maybe uh, you're gassy, bloated, constant burping is another one. Like if you just feel unsettled in your stomach, that's one. And if you have any pain or discomfort or diarrhea, that's also not normal. Okay. So normal is your stools are going to be smaller, lower in volume. They're not going to happen as frequently. Um, but if you're straining or you're in pain or you're getting little deer poops when it comes out, not normal. Oh, and before we get to talking about why constipation and bloating happens on keto, I forgot to mention that I am coming out with a new podcast. It's called Love Rebel. You can search for it in your favorite podcast player. There is an episode up there right now that you can listen to. Subscribe. And wait, because in 2020, I'm going to be uh, coming at you with an episode every week, hopefully. I'm, I'm hoping that I have the time and space, but I definitely have the inspiration. And when I'm inspired, crazy stuff happens. Um, so you can look for Love Rebel on your favorite podcast player. And if you're looking for a super vulnerable show, chatting about love, how to see love in yourself, in other people, in everyday experiences, that is my intention behind Love Rebel. 
Today's episode continues after this short message from one of my sponsors who make the show possible, plus give you some great deals on my favorite things. Get a healthy dose of fat with F-Bomb Nut Butter Packets filled with high-quality fats. Each single-serve packet is keto-friendly, no-sugar, non-GMO, gluten-free, dairy-free, peanut-free, and vegan. And they won't blow up in your purse like the other packets that we've all tried. Just pure fats in an easy-tear packet. Listeners of the podcast get this exclusive epic deal that you won't want to miss. Buy any two 10-packs of F-Bomb Nut Butter Packets and get a free 10 10-pack of F-Bomb premium oil of your choice. Go to healthfulpursuit.com slash F-Bomb and use the code LeanneFree, that's L-E-A-N-N-E-F-R-E-E, all in caps, no spaces, to choose two nut butters, then get a free 10-pack of oil. Choose from MCT, olive, avocado, coconut, or macadamia nut oil. You'll love the convenience of taking healthful oils with you on the go. No more inflammatory oils on your takeout salads or warm meals. Just rip into one of the oil packets and away you go. Again, that's healthfulpursuit.com slash F-bomb and use the code LeanneFree. Okay, why does constipation and bloating happen? Well, there are a couple of reasons. One is that you're not eating enough food on keto. Now, it's normal to not eat as much food, like I said before, but if you're not eating enough food, then you might be dealing with more of a low energy output situation. And this is if you're not eating enough food, you know, I've said this a million times, when you don't eat enough, certain things in your body start shutting down. One of those is digestion. Um, Constipation can be a result of this. And if you don't have enough energy in your body or you are restricting, then your digestive tract doesn't have that energy and isn't going to create that peristalsis, which creates bowel movements. So anytime I'm super constipated plus stress, my number one way of eliminating this, we're going to be talking about um, that later. Oh, but um, um, elimination is to meditate and eat more. Now, low carb diets in general and keto diets can be very good at causing an inadvertent calorie reduction just because we're not hungry all the time. So if this is you, please listen to many of my other resources and just work to eat more. That's really all I can say. Now, the adjustment to fewer carbs and more fat can also cause constipation and bloating. So our bodies were designed, I mean, I can argue about this all day, but we can definitely eat carbs. They may not be quote unquote required as many people say, but we definitely can process all three macronutrients, including carbs, fats, and proteins. And when we start to switch things up and we're eating way more fats than we were carbs before and all these things are changing, it's normal that our bowel movements are going to be different. Think of when you go on a vacation and you're eating normal and everything's great. And then you go on vacation and you're completely constipated. It's just because you're eating different foods, you're in a different space, and therefore your gut is not working as well as it did when you were at home and comfortable. So when you switch to a keto diet, your body has to adjust from digesting a heavy load of carbohydrates to digesting a lot of fat. So it can take a while for your gut to get used to breaking down more fat than it's been used to. Another piece to this is uh, having too much or too little fiber. So this is a little bit of a challenge and takes some time to really understand where you're at because healthy carbs like fruits, 
Okay, like berries and apples mostly and sweet potatoes and cassava and green plantains. I definitely put those in the quote unquote healthy carb space because um, if you are a woman, you're probably going to need carbs at some point in your menstrual cycle and understanding that those add bulk to your diet and to your stool and allow you to process your stool better. Just a general fact. When you follow the keto diet, you're typically typically rather going to be eating anywhere from 20 to 50 grams of carbs a day, which only leaves like maybe 20 to 30 grams of fiber a day. And that's like not a lot compared to what you may have been eating when you were more plant-based. So just understand that if you only eat low fiber carbs on your ketogenic diet, you're probably not going to poo as much. And if you eat a bunch of carbs on your ketogenic diet, and when I say a bunch of carbs, like I can get away with eating anywhere from 130 to 150 and stay on in ketosis just fine. uh, You may find that that can either cause constipation or diarrhea and you really just have to play with it. I find that my most amazing bowel movements happen. Well, if I want to create diarrhea, I go carnivore. I could eat carnivore for weeks and just have explosive diarrhea. And if I eat a ton of plants, I will be constipated to no end. So maybe that's you. And if that is you, there has to be a middle ground. And that middle ground for me is a whole food-based ketogenic diet where I eat a ton of greens and I go to the bathroom every day. But fiber helps some people and really harm, not harms others, but really sets them back. So there's no one size fits all when it comes to fiber. You really just got to find your happy place and that's going to evolve because And that's going to evolve. And one of the main contributing factors to how your body processes fiber is the next piece I want to touch on. And this is water. So when you go keto for the first time, you shed a ton of water. For every gram of glycogen that you lose, you drop about three to four grams of water. And you can lose sodium and potassium with that water. So that's why you start to deal with some shakiness and you need to supplement with electrolytes. But a lot of people don't drink enough water. Um, And therefore, when they're having the fiber, they're not eliminating properly and it just causes this whole mess. So my most favorite way to get out of this rigmarole is the first thing I do when I wake up is I brush my teeth, wash my face, I meditate, and then I go into the kitchen and I drink a ton of water. I add essential oils to the water. Uh, Sometimes it's the Slim and Sassy blend by doTERRA. Other times it's Digest Zen. Sometimes I do the Zendocrine blend and I just add one drop to about 100 milliliters of water. I don't know what that is in other ways. I think it's four cups. Yeah, it's got to be four cups. I drink that down and that's like 33% of my water done for the day. Um, You can also add salt to that. Lemon juice is also really good. And then when it comes to electrolytes and making sure that you're eliminating and have enough electrolytes to balance everything out, eat zucchini noodles raw. They're a great great source of potassium. Avocados are also really great because they have fiber. Now, interesting fact for me, if I eat too many avocados, even though they have fiber, even though they're really great and they have potassium and they're supposed to be helpful, I will get so constipated. So yeah, I could follow a book that says eat an avocado a day, but then I'll be constipated and miserable. So again, your body is uniquely yours and you got to kind of play around with things and see how you respond to them. So why does constipation and bloating happen? Another reason, too many sugar substitutes. Yeah, man, you got to get off that stuff. 
or remove it for a couple of days, see if it gets any better. And this could be any sugar substitute like monk fruit, stevia, Splenda, erythritol. I don't care. All of them, none of them. Try it. If it works, great. If it doesn't, keep going and let me know what you think. I have a love-hate relationship to all sweeteners. I go through like periods of time where I avoid them and then periods of time where I love them. I know that if I have too much stevia, my skin gets bad. Um, everyone will debate this with me, but I can tell you right now, if I start adding a bunch of stevia to my diet and I'm eating it every day, I will get acne. I don't know what to tell you. Whereas like with stuff like Splenda, oh my gosh, disaster pan situation in the bathroom, for hours, even with a little, little bit of it. So if this is you, be mindful. Another piece uh, to the contributing factor of constipation, diarrhea, just digestive issues and bloating on your ketogenic diet, FODMAP intolerance. Now this ties a little bit into the avocado that I was mentioning. I do have a FODMAP intolerance, but only to like certain FODMAPs, which is interesting. Now FODMAP stands for fermentable oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides, and polyols. And if you're like, Leanne, I didn't get any of that. Just go to Google, type in FODMAP list, and you'll see a bunch of foods that fall in line with FODMAPs, and a lot of them are keto. So if you're eating a lot of these and then you're dealing with bloating and pain and horribleness, it could be because you're just eating too many FODMAPs. So I find like keto people who are volume eaters like this girl right here who needs to feel full. We go for things like cauliflower, a FODMAP, broccoli, a FODMAP, onions, a FODMAP, avocado. You see where this is going, right? Um, so look up that list, see if, um, some of the foods that you're consuming in large quantities are on there. Today's episode continues after this short message from one of my sponsors who make the show possible, plus give you some great deals on my favorite things. ButcherBox features 100% grass-fed and finished heritage-bred pork and organic free-range chicken. ButcherBox sends you high-quality, health-promoting meats directly to your door on dry ice and free shipping anywhere in the lower 48. ButcherBox makes committing to quality protein sources less expensive and more available to everyone. Their prices are hard to beat, and it's challenging to find a higher quality product anywhere in the USA. I've been using ButcherBox for years and love the convenience of a package showing up just when I need it, and their ground sausage is an absolute dream. ButcherBox has put together a super special deal for all listeners of the show. Order your first box and get a special gift plus an additional $20 off. Now, this special gift is so epic that I can't even mention it on the episode today. So you'll have to go to butcherbox.com slash keto diet to check out the deal plus get your $20 off your very first order. Again, that's butcherbox.com slash keto diet to check out the deal plus get $20 off your first order. If you're unsure of the link, simply check out today's show notes for all the details. So let's shift gears and chat about how to overcome all this. I've told you everything that's wrong and what to look for, but what, what can you do other than like remove those things and work on those things? But like, let's look outside of that. First one, um, coconuts. Oh, I said my dog's name really loud. I hope she doesn't come over here. She's been so good. I'm recording on the floor. <laughs> nope, we're good. So the C word, <laughs> look at the C products and also MCTs. Coconut oil is rich in medium chain triglycerides, which are fats with particular properties that make them great for ketosis. However, if you are sensitive to the MCTs in coconut, you, oh, she came over. She woke up. Bummer. What? 
why we named our dog coconut, we will never know. I mean, it's so cute and so perfect. But every time I say that word, she comes running and I use it a lot because I'm keto. <laughs> um, but with coconut oil, it's really high in MCTs and it can be really harm, not harmful, but just a lot of people can react to it. My husband is one of those people. Oh my gosh, I could put like a quarter of a teaspoon of coconut oil in something and he's like, whoa, I can't even handle it. Um, so just... Be mindful of coconut oil and MCT supplements. And if you find like you have disaster pan situations a lot, look at how much you're eating and kind of take a step back. And we already chatted about the fiber situation. If you are constipated, try adding more fiber. If you are, if you have diarrhea, try adding more. If that doesn't work, try adding less and just play around with it. Try one thing at a time, increase it, decrease it, see how you feel. We chatted about drinking more water, especially um, supplementing with electrolytes is going to be really huge. And also consider your supplements. If you find like food is just like sitting in your stomach and you feel like you're not digesting it, you could try digestive enzymes. Uh, if you want like overall digestive support, like your belly just feels raw and not right. You could try prebiotics or probiotics. And you could also go for probiotic foods if you don't want to supplement things like kimchi, sauerkraut, water, kefir. Oh, that stuff's so good. Uh, also, I mentioned Digest Zen from doTERRA. If you um, are familiar with doTERRA, it's a great little blend of essential oils that help me with digestion when I'm just feeling a little bit bloated. I'll include a link in the show notes. You can drink more water, temporarily add more fiber-rich foods into your diet. Um, legumes work really well for some people. Like sometimes I'll just add like a tablespoon of hummus with some carrots and oh man, that makes me go. It's crazy. But if I overdo it, then it's not good. Another thing is after I've eaten about an hour or so after, like I rest and digest and then I go for a walk and it always works. Magnesium oxide is another good supplement to get things moving. It's quite harder to find. I'm going to include a link in the show notes um, just because it does make people go to the bathroom. So use wisely. You could try bowel training, which is a method where you pass stools at the same time every day. I've never tried this because like, well, I did, but it didn't work and I haven't tried it again because it just made me frustrated. But basically you eat at the same time every day. You sit on the toilet at the same time every day. And they say that after a while you just go to the bathroom at the same time every day. But I hate, I hate conforming to standards of eating. And sometimes I'm hungry at noon and other times it's three and you will not control what I eat. <laughs> Rebel through and through. Make sure that you're eating enough protein. There's that common misconception. It's been debunked over and over and over and over and over again. But maybe you heard the old news that protein will kick you out of ketosis. Not a thing. Most people can eat a bunch of protein on keto and stay in fat burning mode and be fine. And uh, a bunch of studies say that the lowest rates of constipation uh, are in fact from people that eat higher protein intakes. Also, check out those FODMAPs. Make sure you're experimenting with fiber. And I think like the big one, like if I had to choose three things, it's make sure you're drinking enough water, supplement with probiotics, and go for a walk after you eat. Not only does it help move things about, but you also get to be outside and that's wonderful. 
Leanne here from healthfulpursuit.com and I'm joined by Allie who's an integrative functional medicine practitioner with a background in naturopathic medicine. She's a registered and licensed dietitian and certified diabetes educator, a renowned expert in the ketogenic diet. Allie has over a decade of clinical results using a unique whole foods approach to a high fat, low carb protocol. Allie's expertise can be accessed through her website, AllieMillerRD.com. And Allie is one of our happy keto body coaches. Welcome, Allie. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course. So many of us have issues with our gut from sugar cravings, the fear of ketones, making candida worse, how to deal with gas, bloating, digestive problems, you know, constipation, diarrhea, IBS flares. Our goal today is to run through gut issues and provide you with a couple of food sources of gut support to get you going. So my first question for Allie um, is, what is gut dysbiosis and candida and what are the symptoms? Because that seems to be like the two hot topics right now. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's a lot of misunderstanding. So hopefully after this video, people get some clarity. Yes. <laughs> so dysbiosis is when the state, the gut uh, is in a state of imbalance. So we can be symbiotic or dysbiotic. And we have three to five pounds of bacteria in our body that make up our microbiome. It actually starts in the ear, nose, and throat. Actually, we have an ocular microbiome. So in the eyes all the way down through the colon, pretty crazy, yeah. So this lines all of our intestinal lining, all of our orifices essentially, vaginal biome, all the things. Um, and so three to five pounds of little bugs that outnumber us 10 to one by the amount of cells that make up our body. And if they're in a dysbiotic state, candida would be a form of dysbiosis where the bacteria or yeast strains are working against the body, the host, if you will. Oh, amazing. Okay, so now that that's a little bit clear, how can gut health or a specific gut condition impact other things or even our ability to lose weight? I think a lot of people don't understand that the gut does a lot of stuff that we might not get. Sure. So your probacteria, when you have symbiotic state and you have good amount of probacteria in the gut, they play a huge role in metabolism. They actually break down food particles so that we can absorb more nutrients. Probacteria even produce nutrients in the body like vitamin K and biotin, which play a huge role with insulin resistance and um, hair, skin, and nail health we think of with biotin, but also depression and the ability to burn fat as fuel. So both by breaking down food particles and producing nutrients, probiotics directly influence metabolism. And then they impact our neurotransmitters significantly. So depression and anxiety are heavily associated with a dysbiotic gut. We used to say in school that nature's uh, Prozac was probiotics. And so we know that we make our serotonin and GABA, our feel-good neurotransmitters, based on the bacteria in the gut as well. And that in turn, when off, can throw metabolism off as well. Okay, so you mentioned probiotics, and everyone says probiotics are the best thing you can do for your gut. Thoughts on probiotics, um, what might be the best versus what we could use for food instead or in addition? Yeah, so if you're taking a probiotic, I like to start with just like a 50-50 blend of lactobifido and always keep FOS or inulin out because taking a prebiotic with your probiotic supplement, if you're in a dysbiotic state, could throw you off further. Um, and prebiotics, if you don't tolerate them, prebiotics are high fiber foods which have resistant starch that the bacteria eat off of. So things like Jerusalem artichokes or sunchokes or actually artichoke itself, like doing artichoke with aioli or something, asparagus, onions, garlic, um, those are all keto-friendly, even cabbage and cruciferous vegetables. 
These are all keto-friendly prebiotics. And if your body doesn't respond favorably to them, that likely means you're in a dysbiotic state. Um, so you may need to go forward with more of like a gut cleanse to then re-inoculate the good. Same goes with eating probiotic foods. So like kombucha, a lot of people are scared of drinking that in the keto space because of the sugar, but a lot of it's fermented off and you can get like a cup of a low sugar kombucha at less than six grams of total carbohydrate and having that with a very low carb meal is definitely going to keep you still keto strong. Um, so that's an option as is uh, cultured dairy, as is cultured vegetables like sauerkraut, kimchi, all of these are great options. And again, slow and steady in your introduction. And that can be a way to kind of challenge to see if you benefit from more, that means you're in a sterility state. If you do well and tolerate, then you're probably already in a symbiotic state, but can't hurt to have more. Amazing. Yes. And there, there are so many things to understand about gut health that it's impossible to drop all the knowledge bombs in a two minute video, <laughs> like food sensitivities, how they interact with your gut, how the yeah. thoughts you think affect your gut function, the role of leaky gut on overall health and so much more. And the answers to these questions are, aren't totally obvious, but they're pretty critical if you're having gut issues. So in Happy Keto Body, we work to maximize gut function to make your digestive system happy, again, by answering these and many more questions. So if that sounds like something you can get behind, then get ready because we're opening Happy Keto Body in just a few weeks, like really soon. So you can go to happyketobody.com to get on the list. So you are one of the first to know about this 12-week program. Allie is one of the coaches. And Allie, thank you so much for joining in. Sure, my pleasure. I hope you really enjoyed today's show. Next up on the podcast on Wednesday, December 18th, episode 215, Lisa Davis is taking over to talk about your sexual health on keto. Then Sunday, December 22nd, we have episode 216, Jean-Vievre Castonge, I hope I said her name right, is chatting about her experience finding keto. Uh, so can't wait to share that one. And I will see you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor should it be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program. 